Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I've got a, uh, a message for you that is very, uh, it's an interesting message. It's one of those messages that you kind of got to stay with me to understand uh, where I'm going with it, uh, but it will hopefully be a blessing to you. I think I may start somewhere a little bit unusual. I, I got to tell you about something our family has. Our, our family owns something that we keep in our kitchen. Uh, and what it is, is I'm going to go ahead and just tell you. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to, I'm going to be just real honest. We have, ladies and gentlemen, a Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker. That's right. That's right. Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker. Yes, that's right. Uh, however, I'll tell you, here's the truth of the matter, is, is that we don't use our Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker for coffee. <laughs> okay. Oh, I had you on that one, didn't you? Oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Uh-huh. Uh, that's right. We, we very, very, very rarely drink coffee, like almost never. Uh, however, we use our Mr. Coffee coffee maker to brew tea, and uh, from which we make our iced tea. And let me tell you, uh, boy, I drink some iced tea, no doubt. Uh, understand is that, yes, I'm a rabbi, but this is a Southern Messianic synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> and when y'all are in the South, a synagogue or not, you're going to have some iced tea. <laughs> so, okay, sweet tea. All right, great. I, I do love, uh, every morning I do have a hot, one uh, cup of hot tea, and it's Wasatsky tea from Israel. It's funny, every time I come back from Israel, my family knows this, is that people bring... All these fantastic items back whenever they visit Israel. For me, I've, I've obviously been over there a lot. My suitcase is full of tea. <laughs> it's a really thing. I mean, I bring like boxes and boxes and boxes of Wasatsky black tea uh, because I have one pretty much every morning. And so uh, it is the best. You know the Wasatsky tea in the green package. Ooh. Mm, so good. Uh, in any case, though, back, back to the important stuff, Mr. Coffee. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker, listen, the fact that I brew tea, that we brew tea from which we make the iced tea, and it, boy, a lot, that's not particularly remarkable, I guess. But what is impressive is that we got the Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker as a wedding gift, exactly, as a, as a wedding gift, right? As a wedding gift. Now, I'm not going to well, I'll tell you that we've been married for years, uh, and 
to say the very least, uh, it's a long time, okay? We've been married, uh, I'll just conservatively say decades, and that was kind of a long time ago, and brother, sister, I consume a lot of iced tea. Okay, so we've been using this thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I drink a lot of iced tea. Somebody after the service last night said, how much iced tea do you drink? Two glasses a day, and I'm like... Is that, are we talking per hour or per day? I don't know. <laughs> when the time, if the Lord, you know, holds back and doesn't come and, and, and the time comes that I go and if they ever, you know, check into my body, you'll find out what a body is like that has just had like 5 million gallons of iced tea. That's going to be me. Uh, and so, uh, so this machine, it's, it's impressive and it's durable. So after that many decades with this Mr. Coffee, coffee, that's amazing. It really is. It really is. Wow. I know I feel the same way. Ah, we love that little guy sitting there. <laughs> just sitting there faithful. I just love that. About the same time that, that we got married, I actually remember before ministry, before I got in the, involved in the rabbinate, I worked for uh, a little company, you may have heard of it, the Coca-Cola Company. And, uh, and when I was working there in the early days at the Coca-Cola Company, I want to tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you straight on this one too. They issued me something very special, and I was kind of something, if I can say that. They issued me <laughs> a pager. Yes. Thank you very much. They issued me a pager. I was, I was kind of high society, if I can say so, man. I had a pager, baby. You know, it was like me and the doctors. Yeah, I got myself a pager. That's right. That was so cool. Uh, let me say, uh, for those of you in Generation Z, a pager is a small device uh, that can show that can show you a phone number to call when someone wants to get a hold of you. <laughs> okay, Gen Z, a phone number, uh, in addition to being able to be used for texting, can actually be used for calls too. So I just, in any case, <laughs> man, those were the days. You know, you remember those days. Those, it's wild. Matthew chapter 13, please. Matthew 13. <laughs> Matthew 13. <laughs> Visitors are like, does he ever make a point in his messages? I understand. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, the, the chapter of Matthew 13 is very interesting because it's full of Yeshua's parables. In fact, if you look at Matthew chapter 13, it's parable after parable after parable after parable after parable. I mean, it is just, Yeshua is just talking and what people who don't have an understanding would say as he was just talking in riddles, just riddle after riddles, the, these parables after parable. And first he was telling parables to large crowds. There were large crowds gathered around him and he was telling, uh, teaching them through parables. And then after a while, he sent the crowds away so that all that was left was his disciples, his inner core, right? His inner core people who he was close with, who he was really teaching in a very intimate way. And to them, he told parable after parable. So he was telling parables to his disciples, some of which he explained because, you know, some of which they were like, explain to us what you meant by that because we don't get it. 
and he would explain it, some of which he didn't specifically explain, or at least we don't have recorded that he explained. And a number of the parables, many of the parables in Matthew chapter 13 were about the same thing. They were about the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so he was explaining time after time in Matthew chapter 13. Why? Because he was trying to get across the message of the centrality of the importance of the kingdom of heaven and what it meant. And the kingdom of heaven brought through Messiah Yeshua. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven, he's he's given all these parables. Let's just take a look at one of them really illustratively. Uh, 13, Matthew 13, verse 45. It says this, again, Yeshua says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. Upon finding a pearl of great value, he went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Wow, boy. You see in here, Yeshua is teaching, in this particular case, his disciples about the value, about the importance, about the centrality of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to start planting this in your head. We're going to come back. This message has lots of kind of spiderweb connections in a lot of different directions. Keep that in your head. He's talking about the centrality of the kingdom of heaven and how important it is. It is is the, the, the pearl of great value, if you will, that is worth selling everything that you have to get. You gotta get the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven he articulates is through, of course, himself, through the Messiah, as we know. So he was teaching them these parables in order for them to better grasp the value of of God, if you will, in his kingdom. And and, uh, again, the later parables were shared specifically with his disciples. And like this particular parable that I just read, he was also teaching them so that they themselves could understand it and teach it to others. Because the crowds, he was just teaching, right? But when you send the crowds away and you have only your, your, your 12, okay, only the disciples that are close to you. These are the guys that you know are, are sent out and are going to be sent out to change the world. So you are essentially teaching them to teach others, right? Okay, so he's, he's planting stuff in them which he knows and believes and prays will grow so that they can teach it out to others. This is part of what he's trying to, if I will, impart to them, if okay, if you will. So then, after this is really interesting, y'all. It's it's uh, it's something that's unique and is deep and is almost like a movie in many ways. After sharing all these parables in Matthew chapter thirteen, and like I said, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. These these symbolic stories that represent things in order to convey the message that he's trying to convey. After doing all of these parables, Yeshua then concludes his teachings at this time and to his disciples by sharing a parable. So the conclusion of all the parables is for him to share a parable about the disciples themselves. So it's kind of interesting. So he goes all about these parables, mostly focusing on the kingdom of heaven, talking about the kind of soil we have to have in our hearts, all this kind of stuff. Okay, eventually, all all these things he's teaching them, and then he concludes by one last parable, and it's about the guys he's talking to. 
It's about them themselves. Very, very interesting. And what he taught them has a significant implication for all of us today. So what he teaches them has an implication for you if, why? If you are a disciple of Messiah. Okay, so if we are one of the disciples, we're not one of the 12, but if you consider yourself a follower of Messiah, then we should be particularly listening closely to this final parable, which is given to disciples of Messiah Yeshua, which I hope that most of you include yourself in that number. So let's go to it and hear this parable, which can seem kind of cryptic, and we're going to really dig deep into it to understand it, because, wow, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 51, Yeshua concludes, after all these parables, all these symbolic things that are kind of complicated and, and sometimes almost mysterious and, and difficult to understand, he then asks his disciples, have you understood all these things? I love that. <laughs> do, do, you, do you understand what I'm talking about? I can just see the disciples going, uh, 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 yeah, 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 we get it. Uh, uh, you get it? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it. <laughs> you can tell by the fact that they asked him, explain this stuff to it, you know, that they were like, man, this is deep stuff. I mean, it makes sense it's going to be deep stuff, right? But but, but, but he wanted to know, are, are you getting what I'm sharing with you? Are you understanding these teachings? Are you understanding the depth of what I'm trying to share with you? And what did they say? They say yes, right? They said to him, yes. Okay, and he was pleased to hear that. And then he said to them, and here is this final parable, therefore, since you understand these things, you're saying you're understanding, you're with me on this, therefore, Every Torah scholar discipled for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure both old things, or rather both new things and old. Hmm. It's interesting. Okay. Therefore, every Torah scholar discipled for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure both new things and old. Okay, we're going to really digest this. But first of all, it's a totally cool thing what Yeshua did here. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, uh, some of you I know are Star Wars fans. Yoda doesn't hold a candle to Yeshua. I'm just... <laughs> And all of some of the things that Yoda says, you're like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Deep. Man, Yeshua just like, Psst, Yoda Shmoda. <laughs> it's, it's very deep in the Greek, he says that. Okay, so here, uh, after all of these parables where he was teaching them, he concludes by describing what they should be doing. And it relates to everything he's been talking about. Why? Because it centers on also the kingdom of heaven, which is what he's all been talking about. And guess what, beloved? Of course, you were also Yeshua's disciples, so this message is for us specifically also. So within this, Yeshua is saying a number of things, and I want for us to, to break it down and think about it here today. First, he's addressing them as Torah scholars discipled for the kingdom of heaven. So before he kind of uh, gets deep into the parable, he says that this is what it's like. Okay, it's part of the parable. 
Torah scholars discipled in the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, of course, we know that other times when Yeshua is talking to religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees and, and, and some of the others, uh, sometimes he castigates them and, and, and will be critical because, they, because they're, they're missing the point of the Torah. So even though they know the Torah, they miss the point of the Torah right? They miss the heart of the Torah. And so sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll like say, no, listen, you're trying to follow the letter in the law, but you're missing the heart of it. That's a lot of, of what he says to a lot of Torah scholars, but that is not the case in this section. That is not the case in this parable. In fact, it's said very compliment, complementarily, if you will. Okay, what is this? He is addressing them as a Torah scholar discipled for the kingdom of heaven. Now, you have to understand that he just spent nearly a chapter, if you read the whole chapter, describing the kingdom of heaven. And it's really clear that the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom that comes through the Messiah, Yeshua. So anybody who is discipled in the kingdom of heaven is going to be a believer, if you will, a believer that Yeshua is the Messiah, a follower of Yeshua as the Messiah. Those are people who are followers of the kingdom of heaven. That's Yeshua's kingdom. It's the, the salvation that he brings. But he's also addressing them as being scholars of the Torah. So we see here that these are believers who know and follow the Torah, but also have a total understanding of Yeshua's atonement and the kingdom of heaven. So just right there, there's a, there's a lot of teaching available to us and a lot of lessons available to us. Just the fact that he describes these Torah scholars who are discipled in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and so, so the, these are people who, who love, know, and embrace the Tanakh, okay, the, the old covenant. They love it but yet they are discipled fully in the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness and the salvation that comes through the Messiah, Yeshua. And so we see this, this big kind of full connection that Yeshua is making with these, with these people. And so from this parable, we see that there are, uh, certainly are multiple lessons for us to learn. Th these Torah scholars, he says, these Torah scholars who are discipled in the kingdom of heaven, he says, are like the head of a household who brings out his treasures, both new and old. Okay, I wanna let's dive into that a little bit because, okay, so he's, he's talking about, th these, are, these are quality good people who get it. So th these are his people. These are the 12 that he's talking to. He's just described everything about the kingdom of heaven and then he brings his own people, his close disciples near him. And, and, he's, and then he compliments, and in a very positive way, Torah scholars who are discipled in the kingdom of heaven, which he's just been explaining. Okay, so let's, let's talk about this, because he says, those people, people like yourselves, okay, are like heads of households who bring out treasures, both new and old. Well, let's, let's examine this and see if we can understand this parable a little bit more. First of all, what are the treasures? If you're bringing out treasures, both old and new. Well, these treasures are insights which reveal the kingdom of God, 
right? This is one of the things we're talking about. The whole chapter is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. These are insights which reveal the kingdom of heaven. These are lessons gained along the way, and Yeshua tells them to bring out both the old and the new treasure. So first of all, the old treasures are of great value. Let's talk about the old treasures first. They are of great value and worth bringing out to others. Matthew chapter 5, please. A few pages before, a few swipes. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. These old treasures are of great value and of great worth to bring out as the head of the house. Listen to how Yeshua describes the Tanakh. And listen especially, this is very interesting, I had never put this together, Listen especially for a connection that Yeshua makes all the way back in Matthew 5 that relates to what he said in Matthew 13, relates to this parable. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5 about the Torah, about the prophets, but also about how that relates to, wait for it, the kingdom of heaven, which is everything he was talking about in chapter 13 and, and what he's relating this parable to. Listen to what he says back in chapter 5. Okay, we're going to go to Matthew 5, 17. And Messiah says, and, and many of you know 17, but we're going to continue. Yeshua says this, Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen. I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, this one shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, friends, there are multiple ways to look at this parable that Yeshua gave, but very clearly, and, and scholarship really agrees with this as well, the Torah and the prophets, the Tanakh, are the old treasures that Yeshua is describing here. That these, are, these are the old treasures. These are of great importance. These are worth using, retaining, and teaching. Those who are well-versed in Torah, but who understand Yeshua and the kingdom of heaven should teach about these old treasures. These are old treasures that should be taught and explained. They are of value. They are instructive. We certainly use them here at Bethlehem just as our Messiah instructed us to in Matthew chapter 13, explicitly, and in Matthew chapter 5. It's clear that he said that he came not to abolish the law, the Torah, or the prophets. And so they should be an important part of who we are. The old should be part of our tool belts, if you will, as well. This is an important part. As Yeshua said, these Torah scholars who are well-versed and discipled in, in the kingdom of heaven is, is like the head of household who will bring out the treasures. In this case, the treasures of the Torah. The old treasures, they should be brought out, not just, just stuck in an attic 
or looked at as, well, that was, that was you know, back then, and we don't, that really has no application to today, which some people say, even in the believing world, what a Shonda, totally against what Yeshua says. Jeremiah, please, chapter 31. Yermiahu, chapter 31. You got to bring out the treasures both old and new. Now, what's so interesting, Benjamin, is, is, is about regarding the new, the new treasures. What are the new treasures? Here's the great thing. Man, Robbie, you're going to love this. And, and, and you know this, right? Is that the new treasures are prophesied about in the old, which is totally cool. Wow, what a connection that we have in this regard. Jeremiah, Yermiyahu, chapter 31, verse 30. This is in the Tanakh. Every synagogue in, in the world has this in their writings, has this in their synagogue. It's the prophet Jeremiah. He says in, in verse chapter 31, verse 30, he prophesies and says, Behold, the days are coming, a declaration of Adonai, God says, when I will make a new covenant, a brit a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them up out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart, I will be their God and they will be my people. Wow, what is this? Let me give you, uh, I'll give you a parable of what this is, this new covenant that's, that's being described here. Wait for it. It is a pearl of great worth. If you ever find it, you sell everything you have to get this. Oh, do you see? It's the kingdom of heaven. That's the new covenant that Jeremiah is describing here. The new covenant that we have through the Messiah Yeshua. It is the kingdom of heaven. It is the pearl of great worth. Wow. And what is this pearl of great worth? It is new treasures. It is new. It is Chadash, right? This prophecy from the Tanakh foretold of a new covenant, which is about Yeshua. This is what we have to sell everything to get. This is the new treasure that we are to take out. Remember, we are to take out the old treasure. But the scripture also says, but you take out the new treasure as well. Oh gosh, man, this is some great deep teaching that Yeshua is giving to his Talmudim, his disciples at that point. The, the head of a household, if you know the Torah, Torah scholar, but you're discipled in the kingdom of heaven, that you bring out the old treasures and the new treasures. Beloved, we need to receive from both the old and the new covenants. Amen? Yeah. We need to be open to the insights of God in our lives. These are treasures that will lead us to the kingdom of heaven. We need both these old and the new treasures. Because friends, the old without the new is incomplete. And the new without the old is devoid of meaning. Straight up. 
On a practical level, I'll tell you, this is one of the reasons that you should, when you read the word, you should read both the Old and the New Covenants. So if you have a Bible reading plan, I really don't suggest you go Genesis to Revelation uh, or Matthew to Revelation. No, no, no. I suggest you take time uh, and you alternate and you read from Old Covenant and you read from New Covenant. We need old treasures and new treasures, right? And so sometimes you might read a, uh, for a few days, it's from Genesis, and then take a few days and read from, from Matthew. There are Bible reading plans that will give you kind of a, an altern, alternating schedule. You know, I really suggest this is, as a Bible reading strategy and methodology, uh, if you will. It's really good why you need both old and new. This is why, and, and I'll reveal something to you, and I may have mentioned it once or twice before, uh, but you, it may not be obvious, but there's great intentionality with it for me. This is one of the reasons why in my decades of preaching, I've never, ever given even one single message where I don't read scriptures from both the Old and the New Covenants. Every message I've ever given, I read from both the Old and the New Covenants. See, beloved, we need both old and new treasures. It's of great importance. <laughs> Listen to me, friends. You have, to, you have to have an appreciation for this. I love our decades of our old Mr. Coffee machine. <laughs> I love our Mr. Coffee machine. It's 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 a dinosaur. I understand it even looks old. But but I got to tell you, it's dependable. It produces me a great product. It's faithful. It's true. I can depend on it. It helps me. <laughs> and let's face it, in so many ways, they don't make things like they used to. <laughs> It's an old treasure that our family still uses and, and is of great value to us. We don't throw it out just because it's older. It's still working. It's still valid. We love our little Mr. Coffee coffee maker that we don't use for coffee. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, at the same time, I'll tell you, I no longer use a pager. <laughs> I, I no longer use a pager. No, no. It seemed really cool at the time. No question. I remember. But then mobile phones came out. And then, of course, the iPhone came out. And it's like, wow. That totally changed the way communication happened in the world. Dramatically, forever, unbelievably, like generationally changed the way people communicated with the iPhone. And, and nobody would even think to have a pager anymore. I mean, that, that would be almost comical at this point, right? See, we can't be so blind, blinded by our past that we can't be open to new things that God has for us in our lives. Sometimes God has new things for us in our lives. And if you are stuck in the pager, 
then then let me give you a horse and buggy to get the services. <laughs> that would be a little entertaining, I gotta say. I mean, imagine we were here and up up the driveway. Somebody comes up here. <laughs> and this leads me to my final section here. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy 5, please. Because there's a, another implication of Yeshua's parable here to us as followers of Messiah. So part of the parable, right, is that we should be pulling out old and new treasures in many ways, symbolic of like the Tanakh and the Brichadashah, right? The old and the new covenants, these old treasures that we've had from our past, and, and, then, uh, and then the new treasures really focusing on Yeshua. But, but there's another, another way to look at this parable also that I think is also valid in thinking about old and new treasures in our lives that we pull out in order to bring people to the kingdom of heaven and to describe and to share with people about the kingdom of heaven. And the first thing uh, that relates to this is we should utilize and remember old principles from our past to help guide our future. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 5 in the Torah, it says this. God is talking to the children of Israel, and he's, he tells them something very important. And actually, this is in the middle of the Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, and... Uh, this particular commandment, he's, he's talking about the importance of honoring Shabbat, which you are all doing here today, by the way, compliments. Uh, but, but within describing the importance of Shabbat, he says something else that I really want to focus on. Deuteronomy 5.15, God says, you must remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and Adonai, your God, brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, Adonai, your God, commanded you to keep Yom Shabbat. Okay, so again, as part of the Ten Commandments, but God says, as, as a way to guide you in how you worship Him, in this case, He's talking about honoring Shabbat, which, by the way, is important, Okay, uh, as a way of explaining why you should worship him today in this way, he is taking you to something old in your past. He's taking you to an experience that you had before where God did something. Remember the old treasures, he says, and use them to help form your present. Remember how God brought you out from being a slave. See, when you remember these old treasures, they will impact your present. In this case, he's talking about keeping Shabbat. Or in your case, trust that he can redeem you from whatever situation that you are in now. Why? Because you remember how he helped you in situations in your past. So we, we can pull out these old treasures even from our own experiences about what God has done for us. He's telling the children of Israel, remember you were in Egypt slaves, but then I brought you out with a strong hand and a mighty arm, mighty arm, outstretched hand. Okay, he's saying remember this and it will, it will totally paint your present. 
if you remember what God did in the past. These old treasures, if you pull them out, which you should pull them out, it should mold your present. Okay, does that make sense? These old treasures are valuable. Mark chapter two, please. Mark two in the Brit Chadashah. Wow, so, so interesting and so important to remember what God has done for you in your past. I know so many people who have stories, amazing, great stories about how God did things for them in their lives, but they tend to fade. And, and, and we don't think and reflect upon them that much. But we should be reflecting upon them because these are old treasures which will help guide us in our present if we pull them out of storage. At the same time, you who have been believers a long time, especially, do not become complacent. Your portfolio should not consist only of old treasures. Specifically and explicitly, you should have new treasures as well in your house, right? That means that you simply must be constantly digging in new into God's Word. You can't rely on yesterday's manna. God has new insights waiting for you as well in His Word. He has new things that he wants to teach you. There may be some of you out here today who, who kind of get a little bit stodgy and, and, you know, yes, well, I do things just because I've always done them that way. And yes, I believe in God. And yes, God did great things for me 15 years ago. And you know what? That's just what it is. And that's just how it's going to be. And otherwise, you can't teach this old dog a new trick. Well, listen, that's not, that's not what Yeshua is instructing his disciples. He wants you to pull out old treasures and new. And new. There should be new things that God is doing for you in your life as well. What does he say in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 22? As part of his instructions, he tells us, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and also the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wine skins. Yeshua tells us, first of all, that we should be obtaining new wine. You should be obtaining new wine, beloved, and then putting it into new wine skins. What is that? That is the, the vessel that is us. There should be something chadash, something new about us. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 103. There should be something new within you on a regular basis because you should be getting new wine poured into you. I got to be honest with you. This is one of the important reasons for continuing to come to God's house on a regular basis emphasize regular basis, right? I mean, why? Because we're looking to get new insights from the Lord. Listen, when you go to college, well, you know, you go to college four years, right? Or if you're a doctor even, you go, what, eight, 10 years of college? 
if you include high school, 15, 20 years, some of you have been serving the Lord for 30, 40 years. Why are you still coming here? Shouldn't you know it all by now? My gosh, a, a physician doesn't go this, this long to school. Hello, y'all. This is, this is talking about insights from God. You want to keep getting new wine. However much you know, you don't know it all. And, and neither do I. This is why we have to have a lifetime of study, a lifetime of, see, and that's why when you come, you're, you're really saying something to God too. You're saying, God, I want to come to your house. Why? I want to grow. I want to learn. I want new wine. This is one of the reasons we come to the house of the Lord on a regular basis, because he's going to give us new insights that we didn't have yesterday. And what are those new insights going to be? They're going to be part of our new treasure that we take out to describe to other people the kingdom of heaven. This is part of our portfolio that we as Tommy Deem disciples of Yeshua should be using to tell other people about the kingdom of heaven. He says, do you understand what I'm saying to you? And the disciples say, yes. He said, okay, great. In that case, then, then you're like a Torah scholar who is discipled in the kingdom of heaven, bring out both old and new treasures. Why would you bring these out? To another, in other words, to show other people, in order to show other people, so that you can reveal to them the kingdom of heaven also, so that they too might be followers of Messiah. Wow, wow. Friends, if you never receive any new insights from God, the issue is you. You have to seek to continue to grow. Seek out the new wine, but you also have to be a new wineskin to receive it. God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? You got to be open to what the Lord has for you. You can't, be, you can't become crusty. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Some people, it's like, they're almost kind of grumpy. They're crust, you know, it's like you try to put something new in them. It's just going to bust. You, you see what Yeshua is saying here? I ain't going to work. See, we, we've got to be still moldable. You know, as we get older, oftentimes as the potter molds the clay, if the clay doesn't remain somewhat moist, when the potter tries to adjust it, it'll shatter it right? We've got to stay moldable. You got to stay teachable. So friends, to conclude, regardless if you are young or if you are elderly, if you are a recent or a senior follower of God, if you are simply a disciple of the Holy One, you need both old and new treasures. And just as Yeshua articulates, you have to bring them out to share them with others. They don't stay in storage. They are used. Only with both, only with both, do you come closer to understanding the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, the title of my message is Old and New. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that's you and you've never said yes, but you'd like to today, wherever you are, lift your hand and we'll have a prayer together. If you've never committed your life to Messiah, Yeshua, but you'd like to today, it just takes a simple prayer. Lift your hand. We'll pray together. Is there anyone who's never done so but wants to today? Oh, yes. Praise God. Lord, I pray for our congregation. I pray, Lord, that we will be a congregation of old and new, new and old, old and new, new and old. Lord, not that we get so caught up in the old that we're not open to new, but not that we're so focused on new that we dispose of the old. Lord, we need both in every area of our life. It's, it's the right balance. So God, I just pray, Lord, for each of us, Lord, that you will give us new insights, that you will stir in our hearts that which you've done for us, remind us, but also, God, soften our hearts so that we can receive something fresh and new from you. Lord, because you're the one who guides us, you're the one who leads us. Oh, I thank you so much for this, Lord. We bless you. And we give you thanks on this Shabbat, Lord, for these insights which you show us and teach us. We ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.com. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.